Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Hoops and Cards. This is Gary and excited to welcome another featured guest, well known in the hobby, collecting and investing basketball cards. You know, if you look back at our, some of our early episodes, March and early April, we're having guests on every single time and I'd encourage you to go back and listen to uh, some of those, especially just to get encouragement, ideas, advice on your basketball cards. Today, we get the basketball card guy from the basketballcardguy.com. John will join us and uh, really appreciate him spontaneously joining me today to tell us some of his uh, best stories and things he's learned over the years as a collector and an investor and now a, a content creator, encouraging the rest of us, helping people, just regular dudes like you and me get better at, learn about Buy and selling cards. So the basketballcardguide.com or basketballcardguide.com. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get to the episode. Hey, hey everybody. Uh, Thrilled to have basketball card guy John with us today, and he's been at this for a long time. I'm excited, John, to hear your story about just life as a collector, like how you got into this whole cards thing, because it's not for everybody, but it's obviously for us. And then, man, to hear all kinds of thoughts <laughs> that will come up along the way, how you've gotten an, an, just an energy that you exude, not just... Um, your website, your encouragement, your your collection that you post, you know, that you can see at basketballcardguy.com. I love it. So thanks for joining us here at Hoops and Cards, man. Yeah, thanks, Gary. I appreciate it, for sure. Absolutely. I, I love hearing, so, like, with Spider-Man or with Cage Lawyer, we did the origin story. Like, John, how'd you get into cards? Uh, like most kids, my dad had collected cards way back in the day. But unlike a lot of kids, he wasn't still actively collecting when I got introduced to it. So I don't know if we were going through the attic or something, but he found a box of his old cards, kid, 59 to 63 tops baseball, mm-hmm. uh, started going through. And I could see on his face how he was reliving some of the memories of Mickey Mantle, of Willie Mays, of these people that he had seen play uh, by going through this box of cards. Now, I'd never seen them play. I didn't know who they were. But his excitement of them was just like, I don't know, it showed that. Like the cards encapsulated, you know, like that excitement, that emotion. Um, And so I was really drawn to that. And so he gave me this collection of his cards. You know, like he's like, I want you to have them. Like, you know what every father wants to do for their son. Give them give them the collection, you know. I have my dad collects a lot of things. But but cards were one of those things he had in the past. And so I started getting into it, and um, but it struck me pretty quickly that I personally wasn't that interested in watching baseball. I had played baseball when I was a kid, like I was on a travel team and did that, but I really liked watching basketball. And so I discovered they made basketball cards too. <laughs> so <laughs> so I really started collecting those uh, in the early 90s. And um and just started, you know, putting together the collection. I collected the players that I liked, which at the time were, you know, the 90s Bulls, you know, centered around Jordan. So I had a huge collection of Michael Jordan cards. And then in 1996 was really my, I'd say the peak of my collecting. I was working in a local card shop. It was my first retail job ever. 
And um, and within a couple of weeks of working there, he was actually having me close the store. He gave me a set of keys, you know, and, uh, you know, 14, 15 year old kid, you know, like crazy, you know. That's a lot of power uh, right there, man. It, it was. Uh, I never came home with a paycheck. I'll tell you that. I mean, that was the kind of thing. Like, <laughs> the worst job in the world for me to like. Yeah, it wasn't that he didn't pay well, right? It was just the fact that I spent every cent I could on packs of cards uh, or the occasional single. And so I started, you know, just amassing opening packs, amassing a collection, really centering around Jordan. Uh, But then 96, 97 came and it was Iverson and Kobe. And so I started collecting them. I really liked Kobe a lot. And so for the late 90s, you know, my, my collection was mostly Jordan and then a whole bunch of Kobe as well. Okay. Uh, went off to college, came back from college, um, and just continued to collect because it was a fun hobby and just, you know, and traded more and more. Didn't really open packs after the 90s. Um, the sets, like, some of the last packs I'd open were like the uh, Ultimate Collection back in the day when the first year of that came out. Um I remember SGC uh, was actually in that in the late '90s. They they you got graded SGC. People think SGC really? is a trading company. Yeah, they think like, oh, SGC is brand new. Like, no, no, dude, they were 20 years now. Like, you know, they've been around, and they premiered like their big premiere was in an Upper Deck product where they pre-graded jersey cards and autograph cards. Oh wow! So if you think of like Panini encased today, like where people are like, well, that's revolutionary. Get the card graded in the pack. I'll predict thought of that two decades ago, you know, like, so uh, there's not a lot of originality left in cards, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. It's probably like people like me were always hearkening back to the nineties, like where all the innovations took place. But, um, but yeah, I just had fun collecting. Uh, it was something my friends were involved with too. So you could get together. Um, I collected magic, the gathering as well. A few of my friends played. So uh, we were nerds and we played that game a lot. Um, and it was just a way that you could hang out with friends and like have something in common to talk about. So, uh, that's kind of where I started and, um, and continued. And and my dad was super supportive of that too. Um, I don't think he was upset by the fact that I didn't like, you know, collect baseball like he did. He was happy for the fact that I found enjoyment through cards like he did, but in an area that I was more, you know, and yeah, that's cool. Something he passed on to you, but you made it your own. Yeah, and something I'm passing on to my son now who collects Pokemon cards. So, you know, he's not into basketball like I am. He could have a ton of basketball cards if he were, but, um, you know, but he's he's into Pokemon. So introducing him to people at shows, everyone knows him at the shows now as the Pokemon card dude. Oh, nice. So uh, (laughs) he he did his first online sale about a week ago. Um, Nice. yeah, it was hey, really fun. Did he use eBay or something? Or? He used Whatnot. So we, we're on a okay. couple of platforms now. I, I started on Loop back in October when they launched. And then um, now I'm on the Whatnot platform as well, which for those of you that, that are in the listening audience and don't know what those are, they're live online selling tools. It's like being on Instagram live, but you yeah, can yeah. purchase things immediately right in the app. You don't have to leave and go to PayPal or anything else. So uh, there's a few of these platforms that are popping up. I use I use them both. I, I really like both of them for different reasons. And so he did his own little sale on whatnot. Um, he made forty five dollars in forty five minutes. He was making a dollar a minute as a nine year old. Nice, which uh, is is crazy. But it was just him selling his doubles. And he and originally he was like, Nah, Dad, I don't really want to sell any. I just I'm just collecting. And I said, I am a hundred percent with you. That is the way I feel in general. I said, but do you have doubles or triples that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you could turn a double or a triple of a card 
into a card that you don't have. He's like, oh, wow, I didn't think of that. And so, so that's where he, he came up with his sale was just he found some cards that he had duplicates of, got to sell those. Very cool. He went out and he bought some other stuff in Pokemon that he didn't have with that money. So it's pretty cool. Dude, could you imagine if you had WhatNot or eBay or even just the internet back when you like early 90s? So Ooh. late 90s, I did have eBay. So okay. I joined eBay in 1998. Uh, very early user on there. Um, but it was a different world on eBay. eBay was really wholesale. Like that was the way things were wholesale priced. Uh, you didn't have every card in the world. Like that wasn't the first place people went. Mm-hmm. Um, shows were the place to go to find stuff. But yeah, I agree. Like it would have been, well, I mean, it would have been worse than, it wouldn't have just been me not taking home a paycheck. It would have been like me figuring out what other jobs I could go do and then take that money and put it towards it as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. enjoyable. But yeah. So cool. Well, okay. If I were to, as you've been talking, you probably noticed on the video, I'm taking notes. So yeah, some of this. Some of this is, I love learning from guys like you who have been just learning from each other, learning from your lessons and your longevity in the hobby and as a sports fan, for sure. Yeah. Uh, One of the things I wrote down was, and I think you answered this kind of, like Uh what got you into specifically basketball cards and Jordan and Bulls, because there are so many guys uh, or online platforms that are like focused on all sports cards. And that's great. But yeah. then there are some that, that specify or that focus in, not that I can't buy a football card if I feel like it, but I'm sure. hoops and cards and you're a basketball card guy. Like what got you to that point? Yeah. So I, I was always that guy. So that was all I really collected because it was a sport I love. Um, the name actually came from doing shows. So when I first started setting up, um, you know, I realized pretty quick that I was the only guy that only had just basketball. Huh. And so people at the shows just started calling me, oh, yeah, no, you want to see the basketball card guy, the guy over there with the basketball cards, the basketball card. So that's that was the name was just, you know, echoing throughout the the halls. And uh, and I was like, you know what, let me see if that dot com is even available. Let me see if that Instagram name is even available. Let me see, you know, and sure enough, no one else, you know, was was called that. I I, no one I. No one else was as crazy as I was about the sport and nothing else. I don't know. <laughs> so it's awesome. Um, so that's how it happened. It was really natural. Cool. So one one question about your collection at that point, like uh, Jordans, lots of Jordans, thousands of Jordans. Yeah, about two thousand now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> nice. Tell us about your Jordans. This is brag moment for a second because <laughs> dude, I, I love Michael. In fact, just for this conversation, I I got out this. I have the, yes, first, the Beckett, first Beckett. Yes. Jordan on the front. I don't yes. know what to do with it. I just I just think it's cool to have. I think it's you know, cool. But but dude, tell me about your Jordan. This rookie card's only worth about $150 in that magazine if you look. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Hey, uh, this is this is truth right here. Beckett yeah. tells you what a card's worth. Come on. Well, this is so I still subscribe to Beckett, which is a whole other yeah. conversation we can talk about. But um but yeah, I so I just I mean, he was and it's not just for me, he was just the most exciting player to watch at the time. Mm. You know, the same thing could be said today. You know, if you're looking at Kevin Durant, who I do collect quite a bit of Steph Curry, I think Steph Curry is going to be one of the ones that you see, and I don't have a ton of his stuff, but I think he's going to be one of those ones that the kids that, that were my age back when I was collecting Jordan 10 years from now, 20 years from now are going to be like, he had magic hands. I mean, he could just think these shots that were so, and he's not the tallest player 
on the court, you know, but he's amazing at what he does. Um, and that was how Jordan was like, he just, the moves, what he did. I just, I just enamored at early age. Um, you know, I only saw him play live once. I went to a game in New Jersey and he had scored a career high. I think it was 58 points at that game. So at the time it was pretty cool. They actually talked about that game on the back of a trading card that got later. And so I held on to that one, kept it with my ticket. Um, but it was also the game that, that Dennis Rodman headbutted the referee and was suspended for like two or three weeks. Um, so it was a really good action game. You had great scoring and Rodman being Rodman, you know. Right, right. Um, Epic. But I don't know, there's just a love of, of the game. And and I, um, you know, my collection started really modest. You know, uh, every base card I could find, a lot of the base card sets that were like pretty, you know, like the finest sets and things like that I would collect. Um, I... I try to make the whole sets whenever I could. So not just, I started with his card, but then I'm like, I would, I'd want to make the whole rest of the set mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, so a lot of the iconic sets, like I've built over time and that's been a, a big thing for me. Um, the biggest card of his that I ever pulled from a pack was the flare hot shots, which is the die cut flame. Okay. Um, that one I pulled out of, a pack. I was immediately offered $125 for it, which out of what was, I think, a $3 pack, I was like, wow, like, that's a lot of money. I should take that. But I was like, but I really, he's my favorite player. I pulled a card. And you you know, when you pull a card, it's like the value of it is so much more to you that like, you were so yeah. lucky, like the stars aligned and you got this card. It's so hard. So I kept it. Luckily, it's like a four or $5,000 card now, but like. And you still I, have it. I still have it. Yeah. Did I did you get it graded? I, I so I got it raw card reviewed. So okay. I'm not a big fan of grading, which is something else we can certainly talk about. Yeah. Uh, I got a raw card reviewed at the White Plains show in New York here. Uh, Becca comes out like three times a year and does raw card review. It used to be for like eight or ten dollars a card. Now okay. I'm sure it's gonna be astronomical. But um, so I took that in just to just because out of curiosity, it got a nine. Um, it card looked pretty perfect to me, and I was careful with cards, you know, as a kid. Um, working in a card store and understanding card values, you know, those things are going into a soft sleeve right away, going into a top loader and then, yeah. kept, you know, kept really well yeah. kept. A lot of people that have visited my site, um, you know, kind of tying into both of these themes, notice that I don't sell, I don't have a lot of graded cards. So then the first explanation that people get is, are these grading rejects? Like, did you send yeah, this card out for grading? Right, you got a big yeah, platform. Like, it's a great card. Like, why aren't you grading it? Yeah. Why didn't you grade? And I'm like, I hate grading. It's just not something that I, I. I just think it's to spend money for somebody else with two eyes to tell me the condition mm. of card when I have two of my own eyes and I can tell you, yes, it's at least near mint to mint. Looks good to me. I don't need someone else to tell me that. I don't need to pay the money. I don't need to wait a year to get the card back. You know, for right. that. Right. You know, like. All of those reasons are why I just I'm not a big fan of grading. Um, and so a lot of folks that have come to my site have have they go in with that idea of like, well, is this just a grading reject? Then they buy the card, they get the card, wow, this is great. They grade it and they get a gem 10. And then I like <laughs> to tell that story as much as I can on my feed. Like I'm always sharing it. Some people are embarrassed. Like they're like like they they feel like they put one over on me and like they, they probably owe you like a, a cut of <laughs> Right. Like, and so they feel like, and I'm like, no, no, I want to know, like I legitimately, I'm excited when you're excited, you know? And so if you got a card, I sold it to you for 50 bucks 
and you go and you grade that card, I am more than happy if it comes back gem 10 and you sell it for 500. That's awesome. You know, See, like I, I love that. I think we need more of that in basketball cards and just in life. Like the people don't have the scarcity mentality of I'm out to take yours, but like there's room for everybody to win here. Exactly. And I call that the kind of the every piece of meat off the bone mentality. I have a friend who's like that, who if he sold a card to me for $10 and I then sold it for 11 and he found out I sold it for 11, he'd go, I should have sold it to you for 11. You know, <laughs> it's like, what? But you That's bought it some for friend two. Right there. You know, like, you made $8 off of that. You know, like, I, that was a thing for me. Like, so my only two Luka Doncic Prism cards that I've ever owned, I bought on eBay for 50 cents a piece. Wow. No, not a messed up auction. None of that. I just bought them early and I had them and I sold them each for $20 a piece. So I made a 40 mm -hmm. X return on those two cards. What's wrong and with that? Me, right? right. And to me, like for 20 bucks, the Jason Tatum from the years before were worth 15 to 20. I'm like, they shouldn't be worth much more than 20 raw. The friend of mine that I sold them to got them both graded. They both came back gem 10. He sold them both for 550 a piece very embarrassed about telling me that i'm like dude <laughs> it's totally fine you know right like, it's not like there are no hard feelings whatsoever i'm happy for that fact i would have been upset if they came back sevens you know like true yeah been, when it gets a good grade it affirms grade. it affirms what you saw in the card exactly you know that. like i have two eyes yeah <laughs> right cards for a very long time so the Chicago Bulls pick Michael Jordan of the University of North Carolina. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Bryant in the corner, cut X on a three. Thomas Bryant's been shooting the ball really well from three this season. Well, um, yeah. by the way, like I get that vibe from from your resources and, and the, the things you describe on your website. And guys, as you're listening to this podcast, check out basketballcardguy.com. You can read a bit of John's story. But like one of the things I love about this site, uh, it, basically you are you are helping other people learn about the hobby, how to take care of your cards, how to, how to sell your cards, what, what things to think about before you sell, or, you know, when you go to buy, what cards to buy. Like there, there are, um, there are a lot of people uh, myself included, who have been doing this seriously for less than two years. And no. sometimes we listen to podcasts and terms just fly over our heads. Like like what you just said a minute ago about SGC being around a while, I didn't know that. What yep. you said about whatnot, I didn't know that. Yep. What your experience would be with like grading cards, you know, and different sets that have come out. Here, Here's, here's one for you. Yep. Uh, I was at a show two months ago. And I had an idea of what I was looking for. And then then there was this new guy there selling uh, lots of cards from the 90s. And I'm like, I'm going to look through this box. But I'm finding guys 
and great players like Hall of Famers, but I don't know anything about those years or those series of cards. Like I wasn't collecting back then. I was winning my fantasy basketball league in college. Like I was, I was at least <laughs> yeah. paying attention to the NBA. Yeah, but not the cards. I got yeah. over Jordan beating the Cavs every year. I started to love him, but I didn't know about cards. You, you obviously do. Like you're, yeah. you're teaching us. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, are you getting lots of people coming to you for uh, just basics? advice on constantly constantly and i i actually have like i have some auto response things not that send out automatically but i have like like snippets that are in my instagram that when someone asks me about like why is it that you don't grade i'm like oh why i made a video for that so i type why i don't and that little is actually brings up an auto response in my instagram that says check out this video i made about why i don't grade cards in my personal collection and it links to the youtube video so I have a few things that people ask commonly and those I've tried to make videos about so I could go in depth and like really give them something. So if they're looking for the answer to that question. I don't, I'm not like trying to sit there and type the whole thing out and go, look, here's a thoughtful 20 minute video about it. Um, you know, that helps. And the more I see certain questions come up, the more I, you know, that's how my video ideas come. It's like, I should really do an in-depth on this kind of piece, but I yeah. get people reaching out to me asking like, what is this card worth? You know, people come to me, There was a guy who came to me that had a uh, 2007-8 or 2008-9 Precious Metal Gems set, almost full set, the red ones that were out of 50. Um, This is not the one that's so sought after, but it did have Durant in it and a few other, and Jordan. It's a nice set. It has LeBron. Um, This guy sends me photos and he says, what is this worth? And I was like, oh, and this is about a year and a half ago maybe now. I was like, a lot like this is a ton like a ton of money and so i went back and i said let me show you how to look up things to understand like what at least the ebay values are and ebay is not the only value you should look at and like let's have a full understanding of that as well but here's a starting point you know like understand what this one marketplace is selling those cards for and then and i said i can tell you off the bat like this card is doing this this card's doing that like that whole set i mean you might have like $150,000, $200,000 like sitting in your lap right there. And and so wow. the guy literally writes back and goes, I've reached out to four people before you. Hmm. The fifth person I reached out to. And the other four people were lowballing. The last guy told me he'd give me $300 for the whole thing. Oh, man. Oh. And that is the scum of the earth as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's right. just like... I don't know. It just, it it infuriates me. You know, if someone's coming to you for knowledge, you know, and to get an expert opinion on something, you don't go screw them over and give them a bad value on it so that you can buy it from them. You need to be honest with these people. You know, it's one thing if like you're at a, at a garage sale and you come up and someone has a box of cards and they got $10 written on it and you buy it for $10. That's totally different. Yeah. Totally different. These people are asking you a question for your expertise. I feel it's your duty, if someone's coming to you for that, to give them honesty and be very straight up about it. And I've found every time I've done that, people are appreciative. They refer me to other people that I end up doing deals with in the future, things like that. Like what goes around comes around. It's karma, whatever you want to call it. It's true, though. Like, really, if you do something nice for other people, it comes back in space. Absolutely. Treat people the way you would want to be treated. Yeah. And, and by the way, like, I mean, how many times at, at a shop or at a card show do I go back to the vendors or the guys that are that deal straight with me? 
or they yes. give me a good deal. I go back to them every single time. Yep. And and yeah, those guys are becoming friends. It's a, it's a whole different thing. So I, pre- is, I appreciate that. Oh, go ahead. It, I was going to say, it's like a restaurant. I always tell people, it's like if you go in and you have a bad experience at a restaurant, you go in there, you have a bad meal, you don't go back. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't, there's just a mentality there. I had a friend the other day who was at a show. Someone sold him a Kobe Bryant autograph that was not authentic. And I, I had this really difficult spot where I was put in where I'm like, I feel bad about telling you this, but I want to be upfront with you in hopes that maybe you can go back to that guy and maybe get your money back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was an authentic card that says the autograph is real on it, but a lot of those cards had gotten out unsigned and I knew about this and I could tell also the autograph that was signed it was not him. And, but something like that, like that friend of mine will never ever deal with this guy again. And now yeah. what happens is there's a whole conversation that's happening around this because now he's telling his friends, don't shop with that guy. Like he passed this off as real. And, and this friend of mine actually is, is under the age of 18. So it's gets screwing over mm-hmm. a kid, you know, on top Great. of it, you know, Great. like, which I plenty of experience firsthand of that happening to me when I was young, going to these shows time after time, I was knowledgeable, but watching vendors try and screw me over because I was young and yeah. they figured, Oh, he's not going to know what he's got, you know, walking up with a Michael Jordan autographed card, that I wanted to go get raw card reviewed. You know, it was in my box. The guy said, oh, you, would you sell this? And I said, I'm not really looking to sell it. And he goes, oh, I'll, I'll give you $200 for it. $200 <laughs> for Michael Jordan Upper Deck autograph. What are we talking about? On a Bulls uniform? Like, or, like for real? <laughs> You're like, Man. what are we, uh, just because I'm younger? Like, it doesn't, I don't know, something about that. Ridiculous. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and I was like in the, that at that point, I was probably in my low 20s, but like, it was an older gym, probably someone, you know, twice my age, but like, do you really think like, I, it's just, I don't know. It just, yeah. The scumminess of that always got to me. And that's how, like, I always, when people reach out, I always tell them like, they're, a lot of them are apologetic and realize like this takes my time when I'm going and looking up something for them. And I ask people not to abuse that. Like, I'm not going to just look up everything, but, sure. um, but when they do like a situation like that, where someone reaches out with a set, that was such a big, big deal there. I tell them, I'm like, look, if you ever have a doubt, if you need a second opinion or something, just reach out. I'd much rather spend the five minutes and look up something for you so that you don't get screwed over on it. Than to not to just ignore you and then have something like that happen. That's just absolutely awful. So, yeah, uh, I think that's important that a lot of us should be doing that. And, you know, it's uh, as much as I have the excitement about, you know, the industry myself, it's just the industry will not last if people aren't treated right in it. And if people don't don't kind of feel that that's at least how I feel. I fully agree. And I love that you are not just helping people with their like question in the moment, but you're teaching them to to get answers in the future on their own, like to learn what sources to go to. Like your your link I put in my show notes for this episode was about how to sell your cards and get the most for your basketball card collection. There are things in there like how to take care of your cards, how to determine the value. Um, there's several things actually that I've addressed in the last three or four episodes of Hoops and Cards here. Like, awesome. how do I know what my cards are actually worth? Because this guy says 250, I think it's 150. Which eBay comps are you going to look at? Why are you only looking at eBay comps? Like, what does it what does it have to do with with grading? Where do you go? Should you go? All that to say, thank you for like sharing things that you are learning and being a resource. Because you're absolutely right. 
um, if if we don't support each other, if we're not helping each other out, uh, there's this there's this massive wave too of people that have come in in the last year, and you know it's 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 no help to sit back and be skeptical of somebody's motives flipping or or investing. Yeah, I mean for whatever reason we we buy or sell lots of cards, but there's a there's a lot of us with a lot to learn, and so like one of the questions I was going to ask you, uh, John, is about when when you talk about the the major players in your collection you've you've majored on michael jordan from whatever michael jordan kobe you said kevin durant and i can go to your your site and see lots i want to ask about michael and kobe okay yeah. like a, a market question i want to i want to kind of put you on the spot um even though these are guys you collect whether they're yeah. worth 10 bucks or 200 bucks yeah. like i my my curiosity with jordan is um he had a big wave over the last year of people yeah. chasing in and, and buying his cards and large sales at auctions and the last dance. And so Jordan in the headlines yeah. and the bulls. And, the, and obviously we talk about chasing goats, you know, there he yeah. is Kobe, same deal in the headlines, his yeah. tragedy, his family, but his legacy and his hall of fame, like he's had a bump, but I, I don't know what's out there in the future as far as drawing attention to Michael and Kobe I hope there's yeah. something. I'm just saying, what do you what do you foresee? Not that you're a prophet, but like you've been at this yeah. a lot longer than we have. You know, what's what do you think of their market going forward? Well, I mean, so so not so. L- let me give the let me give the negative first. I'll lead with this because people will disagree with me on this adamantly. No, I, I know I'm right, but like they will disagree <laughs> on this adamantly because no one that's like selling in the industry or has a business in the industry wants to hear this, but. Every single player has life cycle cards yeah. and in collecting. The reason that Michael Jordan is popular right now and has been for the last year is it's not just because of the last dance. It's partially because the industry as a whole had a spotlight on it. And people with money are people my age. That's true. That liked Jordan when they were a kid. So if you're going to ask me, if you're going to say, John, I heard the basketball industry is hot. Who should I grab? Let's get in the basketball industry. Should we grab Zion Williamson? I'd be like, I don't, I haven't seen Zion play a game. Like if I were, you know, just normal Joe Schmo, I haven't seen him play a game, but I know the greatest of all time back when I was a kid, it was Michael Jordan, you know? So these people came in and they said, well, yeah, I'll invest in basketball, but I want to invest in a player that I saw play. I remember in the games that I think is the greatest. And that's where that comes from. Now, right now, that's Jordan, Kobe, you know, like that zone, you get the 30s, late 30s, early 40s folks, even up to 50, I would say, are folks that would be like buying those guys because they remembered them playing. Right. That's going to constantly shift, you know. You're, you're going to have LeBron people that are going to continue to be involved. Boom, right there. <laughs> you're going to have LeBron people that are going to continue to be involved for the next 10 years. Then I think Steph Curry might be one that comes after that. And then someone else, who knows, John Moran, I don't know. Like, But whoever the next person is at that point that's exciting on the court, that's amazing, that just that yeah. continues to play. But the unpopular thing that I say is eventually, let's say 40 years from now, these Jordan cards are not going to be worth this much hmm. because there's going to be far less people that are alive 
that still care about basketball or him that saw him play. Right. And so it's going to come back down to me and my dad's Mickey Mantle and the Willie Mays. I see value in them because he sees value in them, not right. because I see value in them. And that's what's going to happen with Michael Jordan and virtually every card down the line. There's a life cycle for all of this. And that's not to depress us all that collect cards like that. I'm not, you know, like not trying. The point of this and where I go with it is I buy cards I enjoy having. My enjoyment of them, I don't feel like is going to wane anytime soon or maybe ever. There are certain Jordan cards that I'm probably going to die with because it's just the way it is, you know? Um, But their values, just being realistic about it, the, the size of the market, the size of the demand eventually is going to be exceeded by the supply. There's going to be more available out there. People whose collections, they passed away, their collection got passed down to their kids. Their kids are like, I don't really care about these, but if I can sell them and buy a car, that sounds great to me, dad. Um, sorry. You know, like that kind of a thing, like that's <laughs> right. going to be the mentality, you know? And at that point, they're willing to take less for yeah. those than yeah. whoever would have, you know? So again, I'm not saying Jordan's values are going down tomorrow. Like this is way into the future, but I just want people to understand that these all have a life cycle. This is not a forever thing. This is not investing in gold or diamonds or silver, or any of those kinds of things that will likely still be very valuable 40 years, 50 years, 100 years from now. Cards are different. Um, but oh. they're more exciting to me than gold and silver and diamonds. So that's why I collect them. So That makes sense. Well, I love the the idea of the life cycle. The good news with that is the those people that saw Jordan when they were little kids, you know, if they're between the ages of 35 and, and 50 or 55, uh, they're going to have money for quite a while. Those yeah. That generation will have some money for the next 30, 40 years. So I think that makes sense to say the Jordan market is still going to be strong, um, but that eventually he'll be viewed as like a, a Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain type of like my dad's exactly. generation. And, and then we should be or could be thinking about, so who are the guys, like you said, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Luca. Giannis. Who, who, yeah, Giannis. Who are the who are the guys that my son, who's fifteen, like his generation, when they come into money, if they are still, you know, if they're into cards or NFTs or they're buying like virtual hologram, yeah. you know, three D virtual reality cards. I don't know what they're doing, um, yeah. but dude, that makes a lot of sense. Thinking life cycle. Hey everybody, that was great talking with John, being a part of basketballcardguy.com love that conversation because i learned so much from guys like that grateful for people that give back to the hobby instead of taking it and and i hope you become like that whether you start your own podcast or you're just out there to collect and and make new friends in the hobby i think it's wonderful i'm glad you're listening to this podcast thanks for being a part of hoops and cards find me at hoops and cards on instagram or send me a direct message i'm like john love to talk love the interaction thank you i'm learning something from all you guys it's great I'm also excited about some upcoming guests. We've got Sam Amico from 48minutes.com and, yes, the guys from Pack to the Future. Going to help us look into some of the future in basketball cards, especially the offseason. That tumultuous time where I wish I could tell you what October and the beginning of the NBA season holds. I wish I could tell you who's going to be the next Giannis or the next Steph Curry. I have no idea. All I know is I'm enjoying the adventure, and I don't need 1.21 gigawatts. I do need you guys and friends throughout the hobby. So grateful for you. You guys, I'll be back later this week with part two of that episode with John.
from basketballcardguy.com. As for now, have an awesome week. And sorry, Kawhi. Man, injuries. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, the playoffs. What's going to happen? Don't nobody know. In the 2002 NBA draft, the Denver Nuggets select Nicholas Skidishvili from Belize of the Republic of Georgia, who played for Benetton Treviso of the Italian League.